Welcome to UCLA Extension's Business Insights with Roger Ternaden, where we highlight hot topics and underlying economic trends useful to you. The evidence is coming in that we this year, and possibly very soon this year, will face a most difficult economic and jobs environment defined by uncontrollable inflation, rising interest rates, rising taxes, and a turning point in our bond and stock markets. COVID for two years disrupted our personal and professional lives, while the Federal Reserve and federal government created many new trillions of dollars of new money to buy the new escalating and refinancing of federal debt. In this podcast, I'll summarize key data just released over the past month or so that will better prepare you for a most financially risky 2022. We'll go into the inflation issues in some depth, and I suspect the data on inflation that will be shared today will surprise many of our listeners. Let's start with the big picture. We're going to start with the producer price index. Recall that the consumer price index is a manipulated number and substantially understates inflation. The producer price index, which includes manufactured goods, agricultural goods, mining, and importantly, services in our economy, is surveyed in a very different way. The impact of the producer prices going up along with the services prices will soon be reflected, even though politicians and the government don't want it to be, but it will soon be reflected in the consumer price index to a pretty high degree. So you're getting the heads up now from the producer price indices. And on an unadjusted basis reported for December, the final demand prices moved up for the year 2021 by almost 10%, 9 9.7% as reported. And that is the largest calendar year increase since data were first calculated in 2010 in these particular indices. So far through December 2021, the inflation of goods, which accounts for about 30% of our economy, actually rose in price by almost 15% last year. Services, which accounts for about 70% of our economy, rose slightly less than 8%. And I underline so far. As we've demonstrated during many past podcasts, we should look more at actual changes in goods and services, not the consumer price index, which is the subject of hedonic adjustments and the subject of index changes, which have actually resulted in lower than actual changes. I had mentioned in a prior podcast during the Clinton administration that real estate pricing was actually taken out of the index so as to not be reporting a consumer price index, which would really be shocking at the time. And in its place was put a kind of a calculated rent number. Unfortunately, that tweak that was made that kept the CPI down for years when real estate prices were going up here in the United States is now going to serve to surface because the rent increases themselves are going up at 15 to 20% a year, as we've reported before. And the index is not able to wallpaper over the high increases as it was back during the Clinton years when the index changed. We're now at a point where the consumer price index has jumped substantially from the 2% Fed target 
of only a year ago to a reported number over 7% and headed higher due to increases that we're going to talk about today in the actual manufactured goods and the actual services measured by actual industrial, agricultural, mining, and service prices directly monitored by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and other federal agencies. This official December data provides the key to understanding where we're headed. And we'll start with goods and then move to services. And I'm going to give a lot of specific examples to give you the flavor of what we've seen last year, and it's now official. Fresh fruits and melons have increased at 16.8%. Fresh and dry vegetables, 20.4%. Eggs, 81.9%. Pasta products, 10.5%. Beef and veal, 28.9%. Processed turkeys, 44.6%. Fin fish and shellfish, 30%. Shortening and cooking oils, up 34.4%. Liquefied petroleum gas, up 89%. Gasoline, up 65.8% in the past year. Home heating oil, up 52.2%. Industrial chemicals, up 41.7%. Iron and steel scrap, up 37.6%. And as you can imagine, all these prices are now making their way through the final product stages that will be reported, at least in part, by the Consumer Price Index. It's really unavoidable over the next three to six months. Agricultural machinery and equipment up 14.5%. Industrial materials handling equipment up 14.7%. Transformers up 36.4%. I don't mean the movie transformers, but actually the power transformers. Household furniture up 13.6%. Truck trailers up 27.1%. Travel trailers and campers up 21.8%. Sporting and athletic goods up 13.4%. Mobile homes up 30.1%. Machinery and equipment up 12.5%. Paper and plastics products up 20%. And so it goes. I'll just name a few more that could be highly relevant for our listeners. Sporting goods, including boats, up 16.8%. RVs, trailers, and campers at retail price up 49.5% in a year. Passenger car rental up 33.7%. Management scientific and technical consulting services up 16.2%. Traveler accommodation services up 19.3%. New warehouse building construction up 20.5%. New office building construction. Despite an overbuilding in a lot of office buildings, the prices for final construction of new office buildings up 13.1%. New healthcare building construction up 10.9%. Meats as intermediate products up 20.6%. Refined sugar and byproducts up only 5.6%. So it's good to know where we're supposed to cut back for health reasons. Price increases were on the lower end. However, that's maybe made up for if fats and oils up 41.4%. Liquefied petroleum gas, I covered up 89%. Let me just scan a few more. I'm looking at a very detailed table released a week ago. Unprocessed foods, for example, like wheat, up 58.6%. Corn, up 41.3%. Cattle, up 24.8%. Chickens, up 63.2%. And some of the feeds, for example, for cattle, alfalfa hay, up 32.8%. 
If we look at manufactured inputs for clothing, raw cotton up 48.6%, crude petroleum, which ultimately goes into gasoline, distillates, shipping fuels, and so on, up 53.7%, recyclable paper up 85.1%, iron ore is up 23.4%. I think you're getting the idea that what is coming through in terms of price increases are very substantial and will have, I don't want to use hyperbole, but will have a most significant effect, not only the consumer price index, but the household budgets. And couple that with household budgets of renters, where rents are going up 15 to 20%, in addition to everything I've just mentioned. Cleaning supplies and paper products at retail up 30.4%. Airline passenger services up 20.9%. I think what I'm doing on some of these items, I know you are aware of it, but I don't know if many of our listeners are aware of the sheer number of categories that are up substantial percentages last year in price. Possibly the service I'm providing here is putting a lot of them together so that you understand that when toilet paper or Kleenex and so forth When you see that the prices are significantly higher in the market, you should be thinking about many, many, many of the prices at the market being up, not just the obvious ones that generated shortages. I'm providing a really recent and I think most relevant link to a video by Mohammed El Arian. Mohammed is the former head of PIMCO, which is the largest holder of treasury bonds in the world. The PIMCO funds own well over a trillion dollars of bonds, U.S. bonds. He's now the president of Cambridge's Queens College, and he's also the chief economic advisor for Allianz, one of the largest insurance companies, and therefore one of the largest investors in bonds and stocks in the world. He is discussing 2022. I'm providing the link, the Bloomberg link, in our SoundCloud webpage notes. Please access it. He gives wonderful perspective in a very short number of minutes for 2022. Mohammed El Arian is well aware of all the releases and the data, obviously, and much more. He sees that the Federal Reserve is not able to control inflation in 2022. In his view, the Federal Reserve has a very limited number of tools. Uh, they have the interest rates, which they will likely raise, and they do have the money supply, which they are going to be under pressure. And they've already indicated they will cut back buying certain bonds and securitized mortgage obligations on a monthly basis. But I really want you to hear it from him, and I want you to appreciate, I hope, that I'm sharing this with you so that you don't become a victim of Fed speak or the 24-hour news cycle where people are kind of reporting small parts of the big elephant and making it difficult to see the whole elephant. I'm trying to show you the whole elephant, at least as I see it. Barron's also had a very good summary. Barron's has reiterated that news stories trumpeted that 2021 was the biggest year increase in the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, in almost 40 years. It's correctly pointed out that that jump would have been much larger if the index was calculated with the formula used before 1982, before the Clinton administration adjustments and others. And back in 1982, house prices were in the CPI. 
Barron's has indicated that house prices in 2021 actually were increased by approximately 19%, and that they referenced the recent Standard & Poor's CoreLogic Case Schiller Composite Index. But the imputed rent, the index that the Bureau of Labor Statistics uses, which resulted from the Clinton administration making a change in the index, only showed an increase of 3.8%. So 19% versus reported 3.8%. And if the actual homeowner's costs back with the 1982 model, if they were consistently carried forward, that alone would have added an additional 3.5 percentage points to the reported 7% rise in CPI last year. So that index change took last year's CPI effectively from 10.5 down to 7. I'd like to also point out that the average hourly earnings for production and non-supervisory employees in the United States changed at the highest rate in 2021 since the early 1980s. We've had an increase in earnings. Uh, this is not an increase in pay related to the newly reported inflation. This was a present course, 2018, 2019, 2020 phenomenon, and government reported that the average hourly earnings for production and non-supervisory employees last year went up almost 6%. This is a concern that is going to be a much larger concern as we go through the year, particularly with China's pandemic measures, which include stringent lockdowns, closing factories, closing port activities, reducing port activities, and this momentum is picking up right now as we make this podcast. What will be the result of all of this? Well, certainly a higher consumer price index, and already we're at 7% before any of these factors filter through. But additionally, at the markets, you're going to see changes, and these are changes that relate to what I've described before as a stagflation economy. Why does it matter to consider what's happening at the markets in a stagflationary economy? Well, first of all, maybe you've heard the word shrinkflation. If you've heard the word, I'm going to add some meaning to it. If you haven't heard the word, I really suggest you think about it in the next couple of minutes as I go through shrinkflation. Why does shrinkflation matter? Well, with annualized inflation registering 7% in December, businesses are turning to a mix of price increases and, additionally, shrinkflation. Cutting the amount you get, not necessarily the price you pay. For example, less than 24 hours before the Consumer Price Index reported its highest reading since 1982, Domino's Pizza CEO Rich Allison said, Domino's plans to reduce the number of chicken wings in its $7.99 deal from 10 wings to 8 wings. Facing food cost increases of 8 to 10%, which actually is much higher as they're going to realize as this year goes on. Domino's also plans to eliminate its $7.99 pizza deal for call-in orders, making it online only amid labor shortages and labor price increases, I'm adding. The company, quote, is optimistic these changes will improve franchise profitability through online upsell opportunities and provide labor savings as orders move online. By the numbers, overall, in November and December, companies mentioned the term or the word inflation or the word inflationary pressure. 
in 2,509 corporate transcripts. That's up from 649 during the same period in 2020, and that's according to a financial research firm, Sentio, S-E-N-T-I-E-O. So overall, the picture is much more risk in the housing markets, higher interest rates, substantially higher inflation than I think the general public has realized. And again, I will point out that the Federal Reserve was dead wrong on the inflation forecast a year ago. They have not fared much better over history in being too late to bring in adjustments. And this time around, since we are not facing a demand pull inflation, where the demand is so great that prices have to be increased, the Federal Reserve tools like increasing interest rates and cutting money supply is not particularly effective, in my view, in fighting the kind of inflation we have right now. It's becoming entrenched in the labor market. And as I mentioned before, the Port of Los Angeles, Port of Long Beach labor contracts are coming up in the next several months for 30 straight years and many labor negotiations, all the negotiations over 30 years, the ports have witnessed strikes. And this time around, strikes will complicate the supply chain that's already complicated by China's actions and with its manufacturing companies to control COVID. So what's ahead looks really rocky. It looks as though the stage is set for substantial I use the word substantial, but let me say important selling ahead and taking profits in the stock market and the bond market. And with all of this, I hope you feel much more sensitized to the trends that we're experiencing right now and think of ways that you and your families can mitigate some of these key trends. So I do hope you access the link provided for the podcast that I mentioned from Mohammed El Arian. It'll help guide you to better understanding the end game that's approaching. Thank you. Be safe, be vigilant, and be careful with debt and your investments. Be sure to email us at rtornadin at uclaextension.edu on more specific questions, which we will answer either personally or select as part of our future podcast. Hosted by Business and Legal Programs Director Roger Tornadin. This podcast is presented by UCLA Extension and produced by Jamie Moss at Studio 10960. These podcasts are made for educational purposes and are not financial advice. The goal is to educate and provide resources on focused economic and job trends with the latest support research so that you can make more informed financial and career decisions that best suit your personal needs. UCLA Extension offers more than 5,000 online and in-classroom courses taught by over 2,000 leading practitioners to help you get from here to there. For more information on this podcast or our financial and legal programs, please check us out at www.uclaextension.edu. We know it's about your life, not just your money.